Coming up on this week's Planet Japan, Spider-Man on the Loose, a brand new Neighbor from Hell, and our contest winner. Stay tuned for episode 52, Dead Cats and Crying Babies. Direct from Okayama City in the heartland of Japan, it's yet another episode of Planet Japan with Amy and Doug. Join them as they guide you through the wacky and the whimsical, the weird and the wonderful, from everyone's favorite planet, from sea to shining sea. It's time for another exciting adventure. And now, here's Amy and Doug. So, you want to hear a joke? Sure. I thought we'd do something a little different today. Because we are, you know, in Japan, I thought we'd talk about things found only in America. Of course. Yeah, because we are Americans after all, even though we've lived in Japan between us about 100 years. Something <laughs> right? like that. Okay, so these are things found only in America. Here we go. Only in America can a pizza get to your house faster than an ambulance. Only in America are there handicapped parking places in front of a skating rink. Hmm, that is odd. Only in America do banks leave both doors to the vault open and then chain the damn pens to the counters. Only in America do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions while healthy people can buy cigarettes at the front. Only in America do we use the word politics to describe the process so well. Poly, which in Latin means many, and ticks, of course, means blood-sucking creatures. Only in America do they have drive-up ATM machines with Braille lettering. That is odd. Apparently there are a lot of blind drivers. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. wandering around. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Things found... Only in America. Now, what I thought we'd do, what we thought we'd do is, uh, since we are Planet Japan, we would uh, like to invite our listeners, our many millions of listeners out there, to submit their own jokes, except this time we're going to call it Things Found Only in Japan. Well, that should be interesting. Yeah. Now, if you've lived in Japan before, or you're living here now, that should probably be uh, pretty easy for you. We're not looking for lame stuff. That's right. Nothing lame, please. Yeah, we're not looking for only in Japan do people take their shoes off when they go in the house. That's lame. That is. We don't want that lame stuff. We want the good stuff, the funny stuff, the stuff that will make you laugh out loud. So we're inviting our listeners to send in their uh, jokes, things found only in Japan. And it has to start off with only in Japan. Nantoka, nantoka. Nantoka, nantoka. Yeah. Yep. Only in Japan. And then give us your best, your best shot. Send as many as you want. We'll discard the lame ones. We'll keep the good ones. And we'll put them on the air next time we do our joke. So I'm Doug DeLong. And I'm Amy Moo Chavez. We'd like to welcome everyone to episode number 52 of Planet Japan. We're going to be giving away our big contest number two prize to our lucky winner at the end of the show tonight. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to announce the winner. And then we're going to announce the, uh, the new contest, contest number three. Yeah. Hey, did you hear Spider-Man is on the loose? No. Yeah. In, Osaka. in Okayama? No, not in, Oka- in Osaka. In Osaka? Yeah. Apparently, uh, somebody broke into the Hankyu department store, which is like the really big one there at Umeda Station. Broke into the watch department on the eighth floor and stole about $2 million worth of watches. Now, why would Spider-Man do that? Well, yeah, I thought Spider-Man was a good guy, but apparently he's a thief. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe he's a kleptomaniac. No, he's been dubbed Spider-Man because nobody knows how he got into the eighth floor window. It's a mystery. Oh. Unless he actually is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said there was some scaffolding around the building, but not that had direct access to the window that was broken. Wow. So it's a big mystery. Hmm. So a lot of people think Spider-Man is actually on the loose and has turned into an evil genius 
and is stealing expensive watches. So everyone needs to be careful. Yeah. If yeah. you see Spider-Man on the streets of Osaka. With a lot of, wearing a lot of watches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a jacket that he opens with all the watches. Yeah. yeah. That's the guy Turn you want to report to the authorities. Crime is really increasing in Japan. And now Spider-Man even. Jeez, yeah. my God. What is Japan coming to? I was always, you know, I was a big Spider-Man guy. I love Spider-Man. And now my heart has been broken. Indeed. Even yeah. good people are turning evil. It makes you want to cry. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it makes you want to cry like those crying babies. The, at the crying sumo. Yeah, did you hear about that? The crying this this is the one of those uh, only in Japan things that uh, we want our listeners to think about. Yep, seriously, they have these babies that cry. Well, babies cry, yeah. It's not a big news. Okay, okay. But, okay. You know, babies cry. <laughs> they have these babies who are made to scream at the top of their lungs in order to entertain the masses. Yep. <laughs> it's a contest. It's called crying sumo. It's crying sumo. It's a crying sumo contest, which in a, Japanese is naki sumo, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's held at a, at a temple, and uh, people bring their their new babies and they throw them up to a sumo wrestler on the stage, uh, or they catapult it up there. I don't know exactly. Well, they but, would be crying then. Yeah, and the sumo wrestler takes the baby, holds it up above his head, and and to see how long he'll cry and how loud he'll cry, and they have judges there, mm. and they judge who's the longest and the loudest crying baby the baby that cries the loudest and the longest gets the prize and this whole contest kind of doubles as a as a kind of um way to for the gods to ensure good health for all babies in japan so a loud crying baby is a good baby a healthy baby yeah big scandal broke out though at this year's crying baby contest when it was discovered that some of the sumo wrestlers had been paid off to stick little pins and needles in the in the baby's ass. Oh, they were not. Yeah, I've read that somewhere. No, no. To make him cry more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Babies don't need excuses to cry. So there you go. That's the crying baby contest, the annual. So if you're out there and you're having a baby, make sure you get it entered into next year's contest. You too could win the big prize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Amy, I've um, noticed that you're very skillful at using chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare compliment me on my chopstick yeah, usage I was just, again. I you hate just that. Impress the hell out of me the way you use those chopsticks. Oh yeah. I tell you, after twelve years, you know, uh-huh. I damn well better be able to pick up a piece <laughs> of grain of rice. Yeah. Japanese love to um compliment foreigners on their chopstick skills. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently um the thinking is that it's really hard to use chopsticks. Right. Like it's brain <laughs> surgery or something. <laughs> Well, as it turns out, we may not have to worry about that anymore because chopsticks, at least wooden chopsticks, could be on their way out. Why is that? Well, apparently China, who makes like 95% of the wooden chopsticks. The disposable ones? The disposable mean? wooden chopsticks that get sent to Japan and that get thrown in your uh, 7-Eleven bag every time you go to the, to the store. Or even when you go to a restaurant, they always have a, you know, a whole bunch of them out. Mm-hmm. And you just take you know, a pair and then they just throw yeah. them out when you're finished. Disposable chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently China has become a little more uh, concerned about the environment and the deforestation. You know, it takes a lot of trees to... Sure does. To make yeah. those disposable wooden chopsticks. And mm-hmm. so they're going to, in some cases, look at other materials, perhaps bamboo, or they're going to stop making the wooden ones altogether. Well, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. So yeah. now Japan, a lot of uh, business people in Japan are looking at alternate, either alternate materials or alternate sources from where they can get the, uh, the wooden ones. Well, you know, this has been a big topic for a long time. I remember before I came to Japan 12 years ago, it was a topic about these disposable chopsticks mm-hmm. and how many trees are used every year just to make these for Japan in particular. And I remember thinking, gosh, that's terrible. And it is. Um, however, the reason the Japanese 
like the disposable chopsticks, there are a couple reasons. One is that they feel it's cleaner rather than mm-hmm. like washing and reusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can understand that to a point. Everyone's been to a restaurant and you pick up the fork and it's you know got mm-hmm. stuff you know stuck to it. Oh, I hate yeah, when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Ah. And the other thing is that, and this gets back to you know your skill in using chopsticks. If they're not wooden, they're probably going to be lacquer, mm. and they have very very fine tips. Yeah. And they're a lot harder to use for eating slippery things like noodles. Indeed. Yeah, so yeah. if they do stop making these wooden chopsticks, then a lot of people are going to find themselves, you know, having to uh, sharpen their skills a bit. It'd be up the yeah. creek without a chopstick. There you go. Yeah. But I think also the other thing to realize is that, I mean, we don't use chopsticks in America, so it's quite easy to say, oh, you know, they shouldn't use these disposable chopsticks and, and stuff. But we have the same thing. We use napkins, for example. That mm-hmm. They don't use napkins here in oh, Japan. Oh, we are. America yeah. is the biggest disposable society yeah. there is. Yeah, I don't think that we would ever consider uh, giving up napkins, you know, because we think it's a hygiene thing. Oh, you, you know, you yeah. have to use these things, then you just throw it away. Not many people are willing to uh, wash the linen napkins every time, you know, Indeed. and reuse them. So. Yeah, that's why we have yeah. disposable diapers now <laughs> that's right yeah it's another big one isn't it i always thought that uh people should reuse recycle their toilet paper just wash it out and hang it up to dry and use it again <laughs> think that's... of all the all the trees you could save doing that well so kudos to the chinese for for their concern of the environment taking a stance yeah and so uh if you're in japan be aware that uh those wooden chopsticks may be going the way of the dinosaur here pretty soon yeah don't get too emotionally attached to your wooden chopsticks. Like, you know, some people get emotionally attached to cats, for example. Uh-huh. Like, uh... I have a cat. I can understand that. Oh, you do have a cat? Yeah. Frank. Frank, Frank yeah. the cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frank the flying cat. Oh, the, he flies. Yep. Yeah, that's unusual. Uh-huh, but <laughs> she's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, um, some people love their cats so much that even after they die, they can't part with them. Yeah, they found a woman in uh, Kanagawa. With 100 dead cats in her apartment. 100? Exactly 100? Well, that's what it says. Yeah, 100 dead cats not in like, her apartment. Not like 100 and a half? No. Nope. <laughs> she was evicted in March for not paying her rent. And they found 100 dead cats. Hmm. You would think the smell would alert somebody to the situation. That, yeah, uh, but you know, I think I understand why she did that. Mm-hmm. Because 100 dead cats are a lot easier to take care of than 100 live cats. You don't have to feed them. Right. Yeah. You don't have to clean the cat box. <laughs> and they're quiet. They're very quiet. So they're a little smelly. Big deal. Yeah. They just lay on the sofa. They look cute. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, I bet that um, the person who owns that apartment, mm-hmm. I bet the next person who moves in is not going to be allowed to have pets. <laughs> I suspect they may change their pet policy. I think so. Yeah. They, they could even have a dead pet policy. <laughs> <laughs> no dead pets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the uh, the woman obviously, though, cared about these cats because she would put each cat, when it died, into a bag and put the name of the cat, of the dead cat, on the bag. This is Fluffy. This is Snowball. <laughs> well, good luck to the dead cat lady. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Speaking of strange neighbors, though, remember back in episode 19, we talked about the neighbor from hell. Oh, my gosh. Was she from hell or she what? She was from hell. Oh, Turns she out was she horrible. was from a little town called Hell in Aichi Prefecture. <laughs> <laughs> And she was the woman who was, like, screaming obscenities at her neighbor all the time and lo- playing loud music. Yeah, yeah, she was just a weirdo, eh? Finally hauled her ass off to jail. Yeah, but only for one year. Yeah, she should her, be getting yeah. out soon, maybe. But it's like she's gone to timeout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She has, you know, she's going to reflect on her bad behavior for a I, while. I bet that she's raising hell in her cell, though. I'll bet she she's is. She's still yeah. the neighbor from hell, she's I got, bet. She's got the tin can yeah. with the <laughs> clanking on the bars. And... Oh, you know it. <laughs> so, anyway, we've got a brand new... Neighbor from hell. 
Yay! This neighbor from hell is a barber, okay? And he was uh, next door to a Chinese restaurant. Mm -hmm. And he apparently had a beef with the restaurant, so to speak. <laughs> beef. <laughs> uh, last September, his name was Shida-san. He was uh, arrested for beating up an employee of the Chinese restaurant. But the prison term was suspended. Okay, so that, I guess that was the beginning of it. So then after this whole episode, he started calling the, uh, the cops 2,000 times to complain about the frying fish smell coming from the Chinese restaurant. 2,000 calls? 2,000 times. Didn't he get it that after like 10 calls, the, the fish still was going to smell when it was fried? Yeah, that's right. Hmm. So yeah, he didn't like the frying fish smell, and he also didn't like the loud karaoke. Oh, karaoke, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So 2,000 times he called the cops to complain. Okay, so, you know, that's pretty annoying enough. But then he escalated the situation and he started ordering things and telling them to send them to the Chinese restaurant. Such as? You know, like when you're in high school and you want to play a joke on a friend, you order a pizza and send it to his house. Right. Or you, you order 10 pizzas and send them to his house. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fun. You never did that? <laughs> but what, what did he send? Pizzas? Well, he did send pizzas. <laughs> he sent pizzas, noodles, flowers, eels, handymen, funeral operators, locksmiths, gardeners, realtors, oh, and some sex toys and call girls. Well, he probably liked the sex toys and call girls. Yeah, I wouldn't have complained too much about that, probably. Jeez, but wow. Yeah. And this is a neighbor doing this? Yeah. Wow. I, well, I mean, as long as he was paying for all of it, you know, he'd be well, a nice neighbor. No, I think what happened is they probably just, they go to the Chinese restaurant and then the Chinese restaurant guy would say, what are you nuts? I didn't order this. It's that crazy barber next door. Go take it to his place. You can't trust barbers. No, barbers are crazy. Everybody yeah. knows that. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's the new neighbor from hell. Well, that's an unusual neighbor. The Chinese restaurant guy says, why would anybody want to do this to us? I have no idea. But I'm scared that when he comes back from the cops, he'll do something horrible to us again for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so he's a little worried about that. Well, I mean, he just needs to stop his fish from smelling when they're fried. Put a ventilator, a ventilation system in there. Maybe something. that's the whole problem. I used to live above a yakitori restaurant. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Pretty bad? Oh, my God. Did you oh, call yeah. the cops? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did complain to the uh, owner, but only 1,900 times. Okay. Well, that's this week's Neighbor from Hell. Yeah. Maybe we should do a Neighbor from Hell every week. <laughs> no. I hope oh, there, there aren't are, that many. There are plenty out there, let me tell you. Hey, you want to do a cocktail? Mom. What do you got for me? Okay. Well, a couple things. Number one, I wanted to follow up on something from episode 50 when we introduced everyone to the French artist Patrice Killoffer who created the Swiss cow stamps mm -hmm. and they were really cute stamps. Yeah, four of them. That's right. And we um, those were on the SwissInfo.com site and I said that I was going to write him a postcard and thank him. Okay. And I did. Yeah. And I'll put this up on my blog but I thought I would uh, read it to everyone. Go. Dear Patrice Killifer, I heard about your cow stamps on Planet Japan and found your beautiful artwork displayed on SwissInfo.com. We commend you on your appreciation of us cows and our importance to Switzerland's heritage. The website quotes that you said, Cows were my bread and butter for quite a while. We are very glad we could help you out. However, we'd like some compensation. How about a small donation to the Swiss Cowbell Foundation? Uh-huh. Or some Swiss chocolate and a kiss to your favorite cow. Oh, that'd be good. July 15th is Cow Appreciation Day. We trust you'll do the right thing. <laughs> Moo! Amy Chavez, World Cow Representative. 
Kind of has a threatening tone to it, don't you think? Well, there are cows with guns, as uh, our listeners will know from one of our very first shows. We introduced Cows with Guns. Yeah. Oh, that's a great song. Great video. Yeah, it was really that. nice. Yeah. Okay, that's this week's Cowtail. No, there's one more. Oh, okay. Like that I said. That was a follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do Cowtails Part 2. Okay. Okay. This Cowtail was sent in by Carrie. She said that she found a really cool ice cream shop called Maggie Moo's. Mm-hmm. When she went into Maggie Moo's and she saw it says, I am cow, hear me moo. I am cow, hear Hear me me moo. moo. Okay. She said, I knew that Amy would be at home here. Sure. And indeed, I would be at home there. And I actually have been to this place. It's called Maggie Moo's. It's an ice cream shop. Yeah, it's at MaggieMoo's.com. And Maggie is the cutest cow. Oh, wow. She's just really hot. (laughs) (laughs) You can... Do all these great things on the web- website, though. I didn't know there was a website. Mm-hmm. And on the website, you can dress Maggie in different outfits. Wow. It's really fun. The coolest thing is the Maggie Moo screensaver. There you go. This is to die for. You have got to download it. Okay. It is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it is so cute. Okay. I actually wait on my computer now for it to like go into the sleep mode so that I can see the... Uh, Screensaver. It's that cute. Just hang around waiting for the screensaver to show up. Oh, it's great. It's just, I get a laugh out of it every time. (laughs) Thank you so much, Carrie. So a big moo to Carrie. Well, uh, Carrie is not the only one who sent us email. We've been getting a lot of email lately. It's great to get all this email. We got an email from uh, Serge Stauffer in Switzerland who said he loved the podcast and was inspired to start his own video podcast. Anyway... He sent us the link to his uh, video podcast, so we're going to put that link up on the blog and people can check it out. First part's in English, second part, not in English. He says there was even a report about his video podcast on Swiss television. You're kidding. So he's becoming famous. Okay, so thank you, Serge, in uh, Switzerland. Also, uh, last week we we talked a bit about uh, a language gaffe, as it were, that I had when I called a cab driver a pervert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we invited people to send us their own language gaffes, and they did. Wow. Yeah, we got a couple of really Great. good ones. Okay, first language gaffe uh, comes from Ron Shea from uh, Fujisawa. Ron also sent us a great piece of music from his band called Four in the Moonlight. We're going to play it at the end of the show. It's kind of a Latin-flavored Japanese music. Very cool. Anyway, here's Ron's uh, story. Ron says, I was speaking to a junior high class not long after I first arrived in Japan when one of the students asked me which Japanese foods I liked. Unfortunately, a friend had recently had recently played a recording of an obscene phone call for me. Yeah, that happens a lot to me, too. My, my friends play their obscene phone call recordings. Um, that someone had left on her answering machine. And when I tried to express my fondness for manju, which is kind of a Japanese sweet, I inadvertently expressed my fondness for manko. He said manko instead of manju. What's that? Manko is like uh, pussy. Oh, my gosh. I'm not talking about a cat here. Well, maybe that's a Japanese sweet, sort of. Uh, I suppose you could say that, yeah. Oh, my God! I hope children are not listening to this show. This is horrible. This is not good. Poor guy. Mm -hmm. So um, he says, you can imagine the mayhem that would break out in a U.S. classroom if a foreign teacher tried to say, I like snacks, and it came out as, I like snatch. Mayhem would ensue, I suspect. Yeah, I suspect he's right. But these kids were either very polite or very naive, and there was just a short, uncomfortable silence before we moved on to the next topic. <laughs> oh, we got out of that one. Yeah. Manju, manko. You got to watch that. Now forever people are going to confuse them because <laughs> we've brought it up. Okay. That's from Ron. Our other language gaffe came from 
Mal in, um, well, he was in Tokyo. Now I guess he's in, in London. Oh, he's the guy who sent the photo. He uh, sent a couple photos of uh, him and his friend Michi, mm-hmm. who is uh, very hot. Oh, well, Mal's not so bad himself. I didn't notice know? him, but she's very hot. Wow. Yeah, and he's opened a uh, Japanese restaurant there in, in London. Oh, great. Pretty cool. Mal tells us a story about when he was in Japan going to a, uh, a post office, and he asked quite casually for something. He said, Hato kudasai. Mm-hmm. He wanted a box. Ah, a box. Yeah. Of course, I was given the usual, you know, who is this crazy gaijin and who the hell can speak English around here type stares. Yeah. They go into a panic sometimes at the post office if, if you start speaking English. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thinking maybe I had said something offensive or too abruptly for the subtle Japanese office workers, I said it again, but more politely. Hatto ga hoshin desu ga? Again with the blankness. With this second obvious failure of my Japanese, I reverted back to English and straight out asked for a box. To the amused smiles of the postal staff saying, Ah, hakko ne naruhodo. Hakko, not hato. So, yeah, he went in and he asked for a pigeon. <laughs> he went to the post office and said, May I have a pigeon, please? Hato is pigeon. This is the problem. On the other hand, I see no reason why post office should not be selling pigeons. Sure, if cu- especially if customers are asking for them. Mm-hmm. You could put a letter in a pigeon's beak. He'll fly straight to your... Uh, that's true, to where yeah. it's going, yeah. Maybe he wanted hato bean, you know, which, <laughs> which is, is pigeon mail. Pigeon mail, there you go. Yeah. Hato bean. Sure. It's hato a whole bean. new thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like pelican bean. So the, that's what you have to look forward to um, if you're coming to Japan in the near mm-hmm. future. Right, you got to be careful. Yep. Those are fun. If anybody else has a language gaff, please send them to us. Well, I found a very interesting blog of the week this week. It's called Riding Sun. Not Rising Sun. Riding Sun. Riding Sun. Yeah. What's the sun riding? The, the sun is riding a motorcycle. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, you'll find Riding Sun at ridingsun.com. It has to do with motorbikes. Motorcycles, riding motorcycles, yeah. Now I get it. Riding Sun, that's uh-huh. clever. He's a New Yorker. He lives in Tokyo, and he writes about motorcycles because, obviously, this guy loves motorcycles. Cool. But he also writes about other aspects of uh, life in Japan, so it's a very interesting and very well-written blog, and it's this week's Blog of the Week. Thank you very much. Okay, today's audio mnemonics kanji is the kanji for village. Mm -hmm. It has two pronunciations. One is ri and one is sato. Now, go ahead. Um, Got your pens out, right? And you're going to make a square box cut into four sections. Is it a square box or a square pigeon? Gosh, good question. (laughs) (laughs) A a square pigeon (laughs) and with one vertical line and one horizontal line in it. Okay. Okay? Now, this is the basic kanji for field, right? Mm -hmm. So whenever you see that, it means field. Right. Or like a rice paddy. That's right. Mm -hmm. Now, underneath that is a person. Mm -hmm. And the person is holding up the field. Right. Now, so right underneath that field that you have there, you draw another vertical line. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you put the person's hands out to the sides, okay. right, straight out, horizontal line. And then the person's legs out to the side. Now, these legs are a little different than the legs that I taught before with, for example, the kanji for person. And that's because this person's holding up a field. It's really heavy. It's not easy to do. No. Yeah. So he's actually doing the splits and the, the legs are going straight out, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And this field is so heavy it would almost take a village to hold it up there. It does take a village. That's what I'm told. So there you go. There you go. So that's 
this week's audio mnemonics. Thank you very much. Mom. Okay. Well, we have arrived near the end of the show. There are a couple things I wanted to tell people. Okay. One is that um, I've just launched the Audio Japan Lite, which yep. is an audio version of my Japan Times column. Head over to the blog, and you can see that there. And also, one of our listeners, Sheila, has sent us a very beautiful drawing she made. It's very nice. It's got a cow geisha. And a samurai bowl on it. And mm-hmm. I'm also going to post that on my blog at the Daily Moo. That's Moo with four O's because a cow has four teats. That's right. Dailymoo.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Sheila. I know people are sitting on the edge of their seats out there waiting to find out who the winner of the big contest is. Yeah. Yeah. So for contest number two, we had 29 correct entries and we put them all into our random number generator and came up with... Our winner. The winner of Planet Japan Lucky 7 contest number two is... Emma Crawford. (laughs) Emma Crawford lives in Palmerston North, which is a town in New Zealand. She's a New Zealander. Great. Yeah. She wrote and said that it was her uh, very first time to listen to the show, heard the contest, sent in her entry, and she's our lucky winner. And she gets 50 bucks, too? 50 bucks. And, of course, the kanji flashcards from whiterabbitpress.com. What a combo. And for her first time listening. Pretty good. Hey, she ought to keep listening. Congratulations to Emma. And now it's time to introduce Planet Japan Lucky 7 contest number three. Okay? And, of course, it's the same format as before. I'm going to give you seven clues. You take the first letter of the answer to each of those clues, rearrange them, come up with the magic word, send it to planetjapan05 at yahoo.com, put lucky seven in the subject box. And the word is a Japanese word or an English word? This time it's an English word, and the clue is there are many of them in Japan. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That narrows it down, doesn't it? What are the seven clues? Number one, this Japanese cat beckons customers to enter a shop. Meow. Number two. This traditional Japanese music is very popular with the older generation. Number three. If you're fat and look good naked, this is the Japanese sport for you. Number four. These straw mats are used in most Japanese homes as a floor covering. Number five. These really baggy socks were once all the rage among high school girls in Japan. The sixth clue. High school girls in Japan love these little photo booths. And the last one, number seven. It's the second most popular language in Japan. All right. Okay, there you go. Swahili. I think that's probably not right. So uh, you can always check those clues, of course, on our website at planetjapan.org. Just go to the contest page there, and uh, you'll find all the clues. Send us your answer to planetjapan05 at yahoo.com, and we will give away one more set of kanji flashcards. So the deadline for contest number three will be June 11th. Get your entries in before June 11th. Before we go, I just wanted to mention that we started something new on the website, and it's the Planet Japan Vault. Now, what we've done is we've taken uh, the first 30 episodes from our archive and put it under lock and key in the vault. But for only a one-time fee of $10, that'll get you a lifetime pass to the Planet Japan Vault, continuous access whenever you want it, day or night. Not only that, it's for your lifetime, but you can also put it in your will and pass it on to future generations. Wow. So, like, future generations can all listen to past episodes of Planet Japan. (laughs) That's right. Wow. We'll have free episodes. The most recent episodes will be on the website. For uh, those people who have the lifetime access pass, they can um, 
They can access all the past episodes in the archive for the rest of their lives. It's a lifetime pass. Wow. That's our new system. We're still free for recent episodes, but the archive we're going to put uh, in the vault because they're safer there. You want to keep them safe. They, they stay dry and warm mm -hmm. in there. That's right. And of course, it's the beginning of another month. So you could do us a great big favor by going over to our website at planetjapan.org. Find the link to vote and cast your vote for us at Podcast Alley. Here's a little secret. If everybody votes en masse on the first or second day, we have a very good chance of shooting into the top 10. And from there, it's just a very short trip to fame and fortune and stardom. Cool. Well, that's about it from here. We're going to end the show with a very nice piece of music from our friend Ron Shea, who sent it to us. He's a member of this band, which includes, um, I believe, three Japanese and himself, if I'm not mistaken. The name of the band is Four in the Moonlight. It's available over at the Podsafe Music Network at podsafe.music.com. And that's where, we, uh, that's where we found it. We're going to play it for you now. It's a very nice piece of uh, Japanese music with a Latin flavor. So the name of the song is Caipirinha Nomoto I. Okay, so please enjoy the music. We'll see you all again next week. Take care. Sayonara. Bye-bye.
Sambano Nami, Tokia Tita Cafe Amor, Atsuiko Colo, no Seta Tsubasa, Colo Cobato, Eh, La. 